Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, as always, socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 72, and we thank you for being here. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Our Place Restaurant. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic in Mansfield is still reduced, but stubbornly still around. Setbacks, apartments, and election integrity. We cover it all as we spend a moment with the mayor. Are you ready for some tacos? Well, shut the front door. I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin, and I'll tell you how to make that front door pretty in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, it may look sweet, but wait until you taste it. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and Steve talks in studio with assistant to the city manager, Bernadette McCraney. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area, and when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as, where are they based out of and how many years experience do they have roofing in North Texas? Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, Trinity Roofing and Construction, a Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. That's trinityroofingconstruction.com. Did you know that Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Are you a future or current teacher? Earn your bachelor's or your master's in education at Southwestern Adventist University. Learn more by visiting swau.edu. Hey, business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 917- That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, this is Kyle Teixeira with We Are TPM, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Trinity Roofing and Construction. The COVID-19 epidemic spread is reduced, but still stubborn in Mansfield. Roving Science reporter Dennis Webb has the update. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. On Monday, May 10th, Tarrant County reported that 7,315 Mansfieldians had caught the virus, 7,083 had recovered, and 138 had died from the virus since the start over a year ago. We had 26 new cases this past week, a small decrease from the week before and still a low number compared to earlier this year. The county estimates we now have about 232 active cases, a small decrease from the previous week. It appears that the recent weeks of very slow decline in new and active cases means we are on a plateau in Mansfield, meaning the virus is still out here and spreading just at a very low level. Mansfield ISD reports 12 active cases among students and one among staff, a decrease over recent weeks and still well below the numbers 
numbers we saw in December and January. This past week, Tarrant County reported that 38% of Mansfield citizens had received at least one immunization compared to 28% countywide. Tarrant County does not report fully vaccinated percentages for each individual city in the county, but it's it, it'll be somewhat smaller. We had no new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week, a blessing. Earlier this year, Mansfield had seven fatalities during one week in March, so it, it is progress. Looking at the countywide numbers, most of Tarrant County's epidemic indicators continue to improve. A slight increase in hospitalizations over the previous week, 147 citizens in a hospital bed with the disease, just further suggest a stubborn plateau. These are good indicators of reduced epidemic spread, but we have previously had spikes in cases grow from these kind of levels of spread. Our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to register to get vaccinated, and it gets easier by the month. On a personal note, this past week, my wife and I, both fully vaccinated, went out to several gatherings of friends and others, mostly outdoors. The epidemic controls appear to still be in most people's minds. Paid wait staff wear masks and thoroughly clean tables. There seems to be a genial social respect for each other's level of comfort with the situation. Somehow, the awkward dance of can you and I hug has become a mostly seamless part of normal social etiquette. We hugged a few friends. It was wonderful. It is progress. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday, and this is what we call a moment with the mayor. The following opinions are those of Michael Evans, may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. Top of the morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, sir. Monday night you met, and uh, let's start at the top. Let's talk about some capital projects. Yes, uh, I am happy to talk about some capital projects because it just highlights the fact that our city continues to grow and we're moving in the right direction, and I appreciate uh, our my council colleagues and staff. So uh, we did have the opportunity to uh, discuss upcoming timelines and uh, those capital projects, which uh, all include uh, those things that touch everybody. One, is, of course, uh, the library and the library expansion. That's an outstanding thing. The building of our training tower for our uh, firefighters and also the uh, practice track, so to speak, for our fire as well as uh, our police. And um, we also, uh, in regard to the capital projects, we also uh, approved uh, dollars so that uh, our police chief can go out and bring back architectural drawings for our public safety facility. And I'm excited about that because I believe that when we talk about our police and fire, that they should have the best equipment and place to work out of, places to work and serve out of uh, as uh, as possible. So uh, those things did happen last night. And we're going to we're going to we're going to look at our parks as well. Uh, we're going to be adding splash pads to our parks. And uh, so it's, it's exciting to talk about what we're doing. And uh, here's the other thing too. We are not going to have to uh, at all touch anything as it concerns our homestead exemption and the tax rate. So we're not we're not adding any new taxes on anybody. You're so not taking my money. I'm not going to take your money. No, sir. We're in good shape there. One of the first things on the items last night was that you recognize some community heroes. Oh, yes. Our community heroes, of course, are, are our police and our fire emergency medical services staff. Uh, this, this coming week is going to be a National Police Week, as well as a National Emergency Medical Services staff. These are individuals who, if you think about it, they are our heroes, because when we're running away from trouble or away from harm, they're running into it. So uh, they are owed all of the respect and all the gratitude that we can give together as a collective community. I always said something about, about the, the, the police, in particular, here in Mansfield. And here's the great thing. You know, we see where there's there's trouble all around in our country. What I love about our uh, police leadership is that uh, we have an established relationship. It's not something that, you know, just developed uh, when I became mayor. But this our, our relationship goes back literally decades. And uh, I think that's how you make things work together. You also recognized some interns last night. We did. 
did. We did. Uh, we recognized and we celebrated our spring interns. Uh, we, we have a program uh, in the uh, city. It's the Mansfield. Um, it, this was our inaugural uh, internship program. And these are young people from uh, Mansfield Independent School District who may show an interest in uh, wanting to be civil servants, uh, uh, work in uh, local, um, who knows, even national uh, government. And I think that it's a great partnership that we share uh, with uh, the school district. And um, I tell you what, we have some bright young people. And when I think about the future, I think we're going to be in good hands, uh, to tell you the truth. Multifamily homes came up last night again at the city council meeting. Yes. Yeah, well, you know what? That's always a, a topic that I think perks up everybody's attention. Got my uh, attention. I, I know it did. You know, council considered and we approved a special use permit for multifamily at Regency Parkway and Navi Road. Now, now here's what's different now. Uh, this particular uh, complex and plural complexes, uh, it's in the reserve and the reserve plan development uh, is a uh it's a development that was approved in regard to land use as far back as 2004, 2006. So uh, the, the present council, we are not approving new apartment bills, so to speak. All we're able to do there, uh, because again, th these are agreements that have been made years ago, all we're able to do is to evaluate whether the design uh, meets the uh, plan development requirements. But here's something else, though, that, that uh, and, and I appreciate council. Uh, as we work together on this. One of the things that just scares so many of us regarding uh, multifamily uh, complexes is what is it going to look like 10 years from now, mm. 20 years from now? Well, here's what's different uh, now. Uh, we are uh, uh, developing maintenance agreements that are transferable. That must happen. So if you're complex starts going down uh, in regard to aesthetics, uh, you, you're going to be fined pretty heavily. And uh, this is something that's going to be transferred from uh, one owner to the next. And uh, we just need to make sure that, that these beautiful complexes, whatever they look like today, that they're going to look that way 20 years from now. But again, these are not new, uh, new approved apartments. It's something that's already been on the books, but we can control what they look like. So the city, in a sense, would be the HOA of the controlling and, and making sure that, that, that the aesthetics is, is up, to, yes. up to compliance. And you're 100% right. And here's the deal. Uh, we're not going to even approve the design. Now, we can do that. Yep. We're not going to approve the design if uh, that, that owner, whoever that is, if they don't sign on the, uh, on the dotted line. I mean, th these are things that must happen. Now, we're going to start doing more of that. All right. So I'm a new homeowner and I want to build a swimming pool in my in my backyard. <laughs> but the, the we got to deal with setbacks. And this, yes. came, this came up last night in, in council. Explain what happened. It, it did. We normally and, and we have had traditionally uh, setbacks as as deep as, say, seven feet. All right. So uh, in, in, you know, as we were looking at other cities uh, and we were comparing ourselves to what they are allowing, it's right at about five feet. So, uh, you know, we get the question every other week, our staff does, you know, about somebody's swimming pool. So uh, we said, all right, we will work to be in compliance and, and uh, comparable to our surrounding municipalities. And it's about five feet. So we said, okay, you know, we, we'll do the same. So we adjusted back from, from seven to five, and you'll find that all over now, the Metroplex. So, so that's all we did there. All right. So this episode has come out uh, on its release date. It's May 12th. And the May 1st elections have just taken place. Yeah. Let's talk about election integrity. You know what? Thank you for that. Um, there, there are questions, I think, all over the country, uh, uh, the state. Of course, things are being done. But, but locally, uh, we want to make sure we put together a subcommittee. When I say we, uh, I'm talking about a council-approved subcommittee. One of the things that I get to do uh, as the mayor is to assign uh, people to subcommittees. That, that is one thing that I do. And um, uh, we have formed this integrity subcommittee because we want to make sure that the requirements 
requirements for uh, uh, for running for a candidate uh, are clear, uh, whether it's residency, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, uh, we're going to work uh, to uh, make things just a bit more clearer. So the form that people will now uh, be filling out is going to have uh, some extra verbiage in it. And let me tell you something else. Uh, we are also wanting to do something about that is the sea of signs, the sea oh. of signs. <laughs> oh, I could. Gosh, let me tell you something. You know, if you walked up on that sub courthouse, I mean, you couldn't, you know, I'm five, seven and a half. So I disappear behind signs real sure. quick. You know what I'm saying? Being a short guy. Uh, but 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 one thing that we can do in regard to the city side of the house is we can restrict it on city property. Now, when it comes to the county, uh, the county commissioner, uh, uh, Ms. Devin Allen, she she she's made it clear that her hands are tied in regard to that because it's a state uh, matter when, you, when you're talking about courthouses and otherwise. But uh, uh, her team, we're trying to work on something where, you know, we can alleviate some of that cluster. So um, that's what we're going to do. And uh, our residents are going to hear more about what we will actually come up with uh, in, the, uh, in the weeks coming. So stay tuned. Would part of that also include the size of the signs? Uh, yeah. You know, we did have a couple of signs that were like, Literally 10 feet tall. Oh, yeah. No joke. I mean, literally, they were. Uh, yeah, we, we're trying to work on that. Again, we have all kind of power uh, in regard to city-owned property. Right. And uh, we have a sign ordinance here <laughs> in, in the city. So, uh, you know, even what people can put on their lawns. But we kind of run into somewhat of a sticky wicket, so to speak, <laughs> uh, when we get to the sub-courthouses. But we're working on it. I want everybody to know that we are working on that problem. The May 1st elections have been canvassed. It took place uh, Monday night at the uh, the city council meeting, and we have three re-elected incumbents. Yes, yes, yes. The band is back together again. Yes. And uh, uh, again, special uh, uh, thanks to all of our residents who got out and they voted they made their voices heard. So uh, we were able, council approved a resolution uh, to canvass the returns for the general election that did take place on May 1st. And council members places three, four, and five. Uh, again, the incumbents were brought back, and we appreciate that that and them because we have a good team. So I congratulate uh, Julie Short, uh, Mike Lehman, and Casey Lewis. And um, l- let me tell everybody this. We have a great team, and uh, we have a visionary team. And we are real proud of the fact that we get to continue to work together. Michael Evans, any closing thoughts? Well, I'll say this. You know, it's it's almost summertime. And, um, you know, start listening more uh, uh, to this podcast uh, about um, activities that's going to be taking place in our downtown area. But also some of those water parks are going to start opening up slowly again. All I want people to do is just be safe and be considerate of their neighbors and their neighbors health. And um, you know what? I believe that the storm that is the pandemic is almost gone. Almost. Mayor Michael Evans, we'll see you in two weeks. See you then, sir. This is a moment with the mayor on About Mansfield. It's been quite a buzz here on Facebook the past few days on the About Mansfield podcast page, where almost 12,000 views on one particular post, and that is the fact that Torchy's Tacos is coming to Mansfield. And with us on the phone is the front of house bar manager, Cody Nager. Cody, thanks for being on About Mansfield. Absolutely. Glad to be here. You have a sign out in front of your restaurant right now that says, now hiring. Cody, uh, tell our listeners what positions are open and how many uh, how many positions are you looking to fill? We are currently pretty open in every position, front of house, back of house, and bar. Ideally, we want to open the store with uh, roughly between 80 to 100 individuals. Right now, we're about 50, so we're about halfway there. Uh, we're looking for cooks, fry cooks, uh, taco, expo line, dishwashers, bussers, cashiers, Pretty much the whole gamut of uh, positions that we have available for hires. What are some of the benefits of working for Torchy's Tacos? It's basically been the most fun place that uh, most all your management team has ever worked for. Besides that, the food quality is fantastic. So anytime you want to come in and be able to have a lunch, our food takes care of it. Um, apart from that, though, we do uh, 401ks. We do some kind of salary matching once you get to a certain level in the company. Paid time off. But really, it's just kind of the atmosphere and the culture, um, and that it's a very fun place to work. Uh, it's not as not as far as a uh, like a real corporate kind of a place. It's very individualistic, um, and we really let everyone kind of express their own kind of originality when they come into the company. 
let alone just, again, it's just a really fun environment that, you know, you want to be able to spread to the other customers. For those who've never eaten at a Torchy's Tacos and, and present company included, what are some of the menu items that uh, people can look forward to here in Mansfield? Well, even though we uh, have taco in the name, our actual our main seller and our biggest item that everyone will talk about is our queso. Excuse me for the language, but it's our damn good queso. That's what we call it. We hashtag that all over the place. It's a green chili queso that we win awards for all over. But besides that, we have a full menu that ranges from all-day breakfast to our most popular tacos, such as the trailer park, which can be fried chicken with queso, green chilies, and mixed cheese. We offer chicken and beef fajitas. We offer seafood. We have uh, shrimp and salmon, as well as a couple of uh, really kind of Austin-y, kind of keep-it-weird tacos, such as our brush fire, which is a Jamaican jerk chicken with mango and a super spicy habanero sauce. You mentioned you're the bar manager. Do you have a full bar? Yes, we do. Uh, we offer, um, obviously, our main is margaritas, so uh, different kinds of tequila with house rocks or frozen. Uh, we will be having um, seven different beers on tap from five of them will be local around the DFW area. But we also you know, have rum, whiskey, every, every kind of top shelf liqueur you'd like, so we can accommodate anything that a guest would want when they would come in and have a drink. Cody, the big question, when do you open? Uh, we're actually still working on a little bit of construction on the building. Uh, we are planning to open right at the first uh, beginning, first part of June. Still got a little bit of uh, hiring, a little bit of training to go through, but first part of June, we'll have our doors open for everybody. Torchy's Tacos opening in June here in Mansfield at the shops at Broad. You need a job? They're hiring. Go to torchystacos.com and click on the careers tab. Cody, any last words? Yeah, we're uh, we're super excited to be bringing torches to Mansfield. We we all torches are going to have scratch kitchens. However, we are actually one of only three locations in DFW. they will also be doing homemade flour and corn tortillas. So basically, everything coming out of our kitchen will be handmade that day, um, and the quality is unparalleled. It's going to be some uh, really damn good tacos coming to you guys in Mansfield. Cody Nager, front of house bar manager, appreciate your time on on about Mansfield. It's time right now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Our question today comes from Sherry, who asks, I really don't want to drown in the world of Pinterest or Google ideas. I have a steel front door that I want to paint. Do I need to remove the door to paint? What's the best paint to use? I have boys and want easy to wash and chip free. Is it better to roll or brush? Thanks for the excellent question, Sherry. You've come to the right guy. Believe it or not, painting your front door is one of the best ways to change the entire look of your home's street view, and it's easy. The door doesn't need to come off, but it definitely needs to be open at some point while you paint because you're going to need to reach the edges where it meets the weather stripping or, well, it just won't look right. When you do that, mostly depends on whether or not you have a storm door. If you do, you can have the door open the whole time you paint. If not, it's best to paint the part closest to the center with the door closed, then do the outer portion with the door open so you don't get overlap marks. You didn't mention whether your door was a flush or smooth door or whether it has panels. If it's a panel door, paint the panels first. I'll usually cut in the inside edges of the individual panels, then fill in the centers, again trying to avoid lap marks wherever possible. The best paint to use is obviously an exterior paint if you're painting the outside of the door. Interior paints lack the ultraviolet light resistance that exterior paints have, and they'll fade out pretty badly, pretty quickly, in the Texas sun. And of course, you've got to decide whether you're going to paint the inside of the door the same color as the outside. Obviously, if you're doing the whole door the same color, you'll use the same paint indoors and out. You don't need to switch to interior paint for the part facing inside the house. You can use exterior paint indoors, but you can't use interior paint outdoors. Get a good quality paint. Paint is one of the products where generally the more you spend, the better quality product you get. And I mean that within brands. There are paint brands on the market sold at specialty stores that are far more expensive than those you can get at your local home improvement center, but they're not necessarily better paints. In a lot of cases, you're paying for a name, but you're not getting a better quality product. I can think of one or two particular brands that many people perceive as a really good paint because professional painters love it, but rank lower in quality in the lists compiled by magazines that report on products for consumers. You know who I mean. 
For cleanability and durability, I'd recommend a satin or semi-gloss sheen. Flat or matte paints don't clean up very well. They act rather like a chalkboard when it comes to smudges and smears. And most exterior flat paints don't have the washability that interior flat paints do because they're not as susceptible to the kind of mayhem that boys, for instance, wreak on the surface. Satins and semis will give you wipe clean surfaces that'll hold up well to dings and scratching as well. I tend to stay away from high gloss paints in general on smooth surfaces like steel doors because they will magnify every defect in the surface like brush or roller marks or dents in the door. If you're going to spray on the paint, high gloss will work better, but again, you'll still see every flaw in the surface of that underlying door. Brushing or rolling is your choice, whatever you feel more comfortable with. And know that even if you roll, there will be some places like the inside corners of panel doors where you'll need to brush anyway. You're not going to roll the door with the same 9-inch roller you use to do walls with. Get a 3-inch or a 4-inch trim roller with a foam roller cover. The foam will give you a much smoother finish than a fabric roller cover will. And remember not to squeeze too hard when you're rolling. The harder you press, the thinner the coat of paint will be, and the more likely the roller will leave lap marks at the edges of the roller as well. And again, remember to open the door at some point and paint the edges where it meets the weather strip, or you'll end up with a pinstripe around the perimeter featuring the old color. Obviously, it's better to do the outside of the door in moderate weather. You sure don't want that door open in 40 degree or 100 degree weather if you don't have a storm door to keep the heat or air conditioning from escaping. And paint dries better in mid-range temperatures as well. Too cold and it'll dry slowly and increase the chances you'll fingerprint it or it'll get stuck to the weather stripping too hot and it'll dry faster than you can put it down and for the best look i recommend removing the doorknob or any hardware mounted to the door like a door knocker or house numbers it's a lot easier to do that up front than it is to cut in around those edges well sherry that's about it hope I was able to get you started and ready to do your project. And if you have a question or a problem you'd like advice with, I'm here to help. Send an email through the podcast or visit my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist Terry Radswin. Again, you can submit your home improvement questions to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry returns next week with another question. Perhaps yours. Brian Certain's mixing up a century-old cocktail, and he's here to tell you all about it with the Cocktail of the Week. Brian. This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Negroni. Originally designed as an aperitif or something you drink before a meal, but a good Negroni is the very definition of balance and simplicity. The most widely reported version of this drink is a little bit more fact than fiction or legend like a lot of our other cocktails, but it was actually invented in Italy in 1919. As the story goes, Count Camillo Negroni asked his friend and bartender, Mr. Scarcelli, to strengthen his favorite cocktail, the Americana, by replacing the soda water with gin. So just those of you who don't know, an Americana was first served in 1860 in Italy, in Milan, and the drink, which features Campari and sweet vermouth in equal parts topped by sparkling water. So with the Negroni, we're going to use equal parts of the Campari and the sweet vermouth, but instead of the sparkling water, we're going to use equal parts of gin. But the bartender, Scarcelli, actually added an orange garnish rather than the lemon that you would normally get with the Americana. And from there, the drink quickly took off. And before long, everyone was coming into his bar for the Negroni. Well, Camilo Negroni himself was an interesting figure as he traveled around America while in his 20s and actually lived life as a cowboy for a period. He also lived in London, which we like to think is how the gin scene was so popular at that point, why he thought to put gin in this cocktail. The Negroni family, however, was very quick to take advantage of the cocktail's success, founding the Negroni Distillery in 1919 as well in Treviso, Italy, where they produced ready-made version of the drink sold as the Antico Negroni. 
The distillery itself is still open today, but under new ownership with a new family. As we get to the recipe itself, there's a world of combinations that you can start experimenting with different gins. You can play with different vermouths and different bitters. My advice is to start with the gin. Pick a bold gin, something like Aviation or Hendrix, but then try other gins that you have may have tried in this cocktail and see if it changes your flavor profile with the drink. But if it's too bitter and punchy, pick a bitter or like Apersol that's a little bit more accessible and pair it with a rosé vermouth instead. Or maybe try for a white Negroni where you can use a dry vermouth or a white vermouth, and that will also change with the different bitters. So like we've talked about with an old-fashioned and using different bitters in an old-fashioned, my favorite again is pecan bitters, try different bitters in your Negroni and see if you come across one that really fits your flavor profile. The whole point of why I do this is so that you have fun at home, that you try and experiment, you learn and learn what things you do like and don't like, and you can have fun creating your own cocktails at home. But don't worry about writing down the specific ingredients and proportions, as they are always posted on bourbongospel.com. So the Negroni, the ingredients, you can get one ounce of gin. Again, don't skimp on the gin. Make sure it's a good quality gin. You can use one ounce of Campari. Campari is bright red in color, which is why this drink appears very, very sweet. But Campari in and of itself is a bitter. I always find I'll start with a little bitter, go for more, but again, equal portion. So one ounce of gin, one ounce of Campari. The final ingredient, one ounce of sweet vermouth. Most of those are red as well, which this cocktail comes off very red. And then you're going to use an orange twist for garnish. Preparing it, you're going to take all three, the gin, the Campari, and the vermouth, put them in a stirring glass with ice, stir until they're well mixed and chilled, strain it into a brand new glass filled with ice, and then garnish with the orange twist. And because I am the lead pastor at bourbongospel.com, I feel compelled to tell you that if gin is not your favorite spirit, like me, you can replace the gin with a good quality bourbon, and it becomes a bourbon Negroni instead. Very similar ingredients, very similar proportions. You're going to use two ounces of a good quality bourbon like Old Forester or Evan Williams. You're going to use one ounce of Campari one ounce of a good sweet vermouth, a dash of orange bitters, and then you're going to garnish with an orange peel. You're going to combine all the ingredients in a stirring glass with ice, stir it until it's well mixed and chilled, strain into another glass like an old-fashioned glass, and garnish with the orange peel. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain likes to say, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Saturday is National Armed Forces Day, a special day for people all over the world to come together and thank the men and women of the United States Armed Forces. First conceived of by President Harry S. Truman, the holiday was established in 1949. Be sure to mark your calendar and support our military. So, while you're out and about on Saturday, let's see if the weather is going to cooperate. After heavy rain early in the week, we're following a pattern similar to last week's. Wednesday, we're looking at a high of 65 behind the cold front. Sunshine comes back in for Thursday and Friday, with highs in the mid to upper 70s. We have a little less sunshine on Saturday, with a high of about 82. Should be perfect weather for honoring our military as we observe Armed Forces Day. Sunday, we'll head back into the upper 80s as another rainy weather pattern sets up. We're projecting a high on Monday of 91 degrees, and Tuesday... 83 degrees. According to the Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield sprinklers need to be turned off as most lawns received a great deal of rain last week. The weekend will be sunny, warm, and a great time to upgrade your landscape with native plants. As always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com.
Congratulations to Mickey Rice, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who is Johnson County named after? Mickey knew that it was Texas Ranger, soldier, and politician Middleton Johnson, and she has won a $25 gift card to Our Place Restaurant. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's WISE, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip. The Face-Off Spot, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking Looking for a better place to record? Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Our Place Restaurant. It's real home cooking, featuring breakfast all day as well as lunch and fresh baked homemade pies. They're open daily from 6 to 3, and you can find them on the internet at Our Place Restaurants. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, travelers visiting Mansfield have a wide variety of choices when it comes to the eight hotels located within the city. This week's trivia question is, who owned the first hotel in Mansfield? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who owned the first hotel in Mansfield? Good luck, and thanks to Benji at Our Place for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, this is going to be a treat because I, I really like this this young lady. And, and we're going to find out uh, who she is and where she's from and what she's up to. And she is one of two assistants to the city manager. And so if you want to find out uh, who her boss is, you can go back to episode 69. And that uh, is Joe Smolinski, the city manager. If you want to find out who her co-worker is, you can go back to episode 45 and listen to the interview with Nicolette Allen, who is also the assistant to the city manager. And we welcome to the studio, Bernadette McCready. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Hello, it's a pleasure to have you here. Do you go by Bernadette or do you go by Bernie? I do go by Bernie. So I can call you Bernie? You can. From here on out? You may. 
Are you a native Texan? I am a native Texan, but not a native DFWer. Where are you from? I'm from El Paso, Texas. El Paso has great Mexican food. They do. Because it's right there. Uh, is it Laredo is across the board? What's... It's Juarez. Juarez. Ciudad Juarez. Ciudad Juarez. It's right across. Do you speak Spanish? A little bit, terribly, but a little bit, and I understand it mostly. If you don't go too fast, I can I can keep up and answer in English. At what point did you did you come to DFW? So I moved to Arlington uh, for college. Oh, okay. Um, I went to UTA, and so uh, I moved I moved here to get out of El Paso and see what else was in Texas. Well, hang on. Let's before we talk about DFW then in Arlington and Mansfield. Let's go back to El Paso. Uh, were you a good student? Uh, yes, I was definitely a nerd. <laughs> Were you in, you're not one of these overachievers, are you? Always. Always? <laughs> I was also, but I was, a, it was a fun nerd. Um, so I was in theater. I was in dance. I was also in student council and student government. So okay. a little bit of everything. Valedictorian? I was not. I wasn't that much of an overachiever. Okay. Oh, you were a theater. So uh, what were some of the performances that you that you were in? A Christmas Carol, but I think everybody does that. Um, I was Madge and Picnic, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Veruca Salt right here. Okay. <laughs> Describe a typical day in the life of little Bernie McCraney. Actually, this would have been before McCraney because that's your married name. Correct. Growing up in El Paso and especially being so close to the border, what was life like uh, back when, when you were growing up in El Paso? I think it was pretty common to, I mean, what to, what you have today, other than the fact that social media wasn't a thing, which I'm grateful for, um, <laughs> didn't um, advertise everything, uh, but it was a pretty standard, standard day, school, uh, followed by either a theater rehearsal or a dance recital or dance practice or homework. Uh, education was a big deal, even though I was very involved in a lot of things, uh, education was a big deal for my for my parents. If I read your LinkedIn profile correctly, you left El Paso for UTA to get a degree in theater. I did, and what's funny is that wound up being my minor. Okay. Um, I, I chose not to uh, to go down the route of uh, theater. Um, as much as I love it, I realized that that probably was not going to be my day-to-day -day job. I had no intention of moving to New York or Chicago, and so... That felt like it would be a little bit more difficult to make a living at, um, and so I switched to English. Have you ever seen a Broadway show? I have. I've seen several. Several. And do you have a favorite? Oh, that is a tough one. I really, really love Lion King. It's just super cool, as much as they have going on. Um, it's not on anymore, but back when... Um, when I made my first visit to New York, Footloose was still on, and that was really, mm -hmm. really, really good. Any hobbies uh, growing up? What'd you do on a Friday night? Friday night was probably movies with friends, um, which, again, I don't think is too uncommon uh, with teenagers. Um, a football game was probably at every football game. Just really hanging out with friends was, was the main thing with teenage years in El Paso. <laughs> Knowing that, that most people when they're, when they're young, say uh, high school or even younger than that, it's pretty unlikely that they want to become an assistant to a city manager. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Growing up, I wanted to either be an actress or I wanted to be a marine biologist. Really? Uh-huh. And I learned later that I get really bad seasickness. Oh, yeah. And so that kind of steered me away from a life on water. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Uh, how did you go about choosing UTA as your, uh, for your, your education? So the best thing that could have happened to me was when I was researching schools, I had every intention of going Northeast. Um, so I had applied mostly to colleges in New York and Chicago, and I had one in California, and then I had one in Texas, which was UT Arlington. Um, I had met a recruiter from UTA when I had gone to um, a scholarship audition kind of um, conference that they had here in the area. 
But my heart was set on going to Chicago. Um, I have a sibling that lives up there and I, you know, was like, oh, this will work out perfect. I can be near my brother. And also, you know, Chicago has a really lively live theater area. And so what happened was my auditions for school landed in February. So, <laughs> so I went to go audition for all of the schools that I had applied to about the first week of February. It was so bitterly cold and I fell on the ice oh, no. that I decided, I think I need to keep myself in Texas. <laughs> I don't think I, this Texas girl's not meant for Chicago weather. So I, I decided to stay in Texas and go to UTA. You went to UTA, you got your, uh, you got your bachelor's uh -huh. and how'd you wind up working for the city? So fast forward several years after college, I stumbled upon an administrative assistant position with Parks and Recreation. And so I thought I can do this job. Who doesn't love parks? Um, and so I kind of stumbled into that position, finding that listing. And thank God I wound up getting that position and found that I really enjoyed city government. A lot of people are able to do their master's immediately following their bachelor's because they know exactly what they want to do. I had decided to wait because I thought, you know, I don't really want to do another English degree. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and hang on. And so after a few years with um, Parks and Rec, I decided to move over to, there were some retirements that were happening and I decided to throw my hat in the ring for a position in the city manager's office. And at the same time, I had just applied for my master's um, in public administration. Um, you know, Parks kind of started that bug and it's just grown from there. <laughs> and you went back to UTA. I did go back to UTA for my master's. And how has the master's degree helped you in what you're doing today in the city manager's office? Pretty much everything we do, um, everything in the city manager's office is different. Um, that's one of the things I love about it. Every day is a new day and a new opportunity, um, you know, to, to figure out a challenge or to help somebody, um, you know, with, with, with something. And so, the master's really was um, kind of a high-level deep dive on possible challenges and possible ways to deal with those um, concerns. And so it's just really good broad-based information on a lot of the different challenges that you face in city management and, and uh, the challenges that come through the city manager's office. There are 27 different departments within the city. Is that sound about right? Give or take. Okay. And you have to know you don't have to be an expert in all 27 departments, but you have to, I would assume, have to know a little bit about each department. Right, right. We have great directors who know their departments in and out. Uh, but yes, it definitely, um, it definitely helps to at least have a good understanding of what those departments do in order to, to assist them in their goals. Let's talk about a program that... that that I went through. Now, I'm going to assume that this program was put together by a committee, but someone, there probably one person that had to go to the committee with an idea, and this idea is called the My Mansfield Muniversity, Muni as in municipal. Was that your idea? So Come on, my... Bernie, say it was. <laughs> say it was. <laughs> <laughs> My Mansfield University has been, um, I can't claim the name. Shelly Lanners, our deputy senior manager, uh, likes that. Uh, she threw out that pun and we rolled with it. I loved it. Um, that program has kind of been in the incubator stage for a few years um, in order for us to be able to move forward with it. And uh, as you met, Joe Smolinski is all about engagement, finding opportunities to build raving fans um, and get information to our residents. And so uh, it's... 
I cannot say that it's just my idea. It's definitely been an idea that's been thrown around for a good while. We've had residents that have said, hey, this would be a really great idea. And we've said, you know what? It's funny that you say that because now we're just getting confirmation that there's a want and a desire for this program that's kind of been kind of brewing for, you know, for some time. And so uh, in for the 21 budget year, we got the okay to go ahead and move forward with that program. So it's been very exciting. And the, the university program for, you just wrapped up class one. We did. Which, which I am now an alum of, of, of class one. Describe to the listeners out there what, if someone was interested in class two or classes beyond what they would go through in my university. So if you were to um, participate in my Mansfield University, you would have direct access to directors, assistant directors, staff members of all of the various major departments throughout the city. Uh, they've been very creative and very thoughtful in the presentations that they have put together uh, to explain the programs and services that they provide on a daily basis. And so... Participants have the opportunity to learn about those programs and services and ask questions. You know, those things that that question that you kind of been chewing on, like, I really wonder why they do it this way. There's usually a reason why. And this would be the opportunity to, to have access and be able to, to ask that question or um, just learn a little bit more about your city. And it's not just a classroom setting of... Every time you meet, there's hands-on, you go to a different location. I loved doing the water treatment plant, even though I had been there through Leadership Mansfield and uh, a couple other times. And the police department bringing all their toys out to the parking mm -hmm. lot was, was outstanding. Obviously, a tour of the financial department or HR is not going to be very exciting. So yes, that is classroom driven, but it's much, much more than just sitting in a classroom. The thing that I liked about my Mansfield University is that I already knew a great deal about the city through my involvement with Discover Historic Mansfield as the president for nine years, but also through this podcast. But I wanted to get to know the directors and there was a great deal of information that I didn't know about the city. Talk about some of the things that, um, for instance, the police night, what the police department brought out. and. Okay, so our police department brought out all the toys and gadgets because everybody always wants, you know, asks questions about the gadgets um, and tools that they use. So our um, canine stash and his handler, our police officer, came out um, to meet the participants of the class. Uh, we had the MRAP um, out there. We had the mobile command center out there. There were so many items that we had out there. I can't even think of them all right now, but we had a parking lot full of, of, um, staff and items for, for people to, to take a look at and ask questions about. But that's been one of the best things about this is how much creativity the staff has brought to their presentations. They were, they were given, they were given kind of license to come up with, explain your department, explain your services, really talk about what it is and what it means to you um, to provide these programs and services. And so one that I thought was really, really fun was that they did a mock uh, planning and zoning case, which yes. was kind of, you know, kind of different um, to kind of give insight into how those decisions kind of have to be gone through and thought about. Let's see, we also had a few tours of facilities. We tried to do something at every, you know as many locations as as we could. Um, I think one of the most creative nights in, in my mind was the Far Best Theater night. Oh yeah, they did a great job. Where everyone went, we had to break down into four different groups, and we we went to four different classes, and and the media relations and special events was there that night, and and just an overall tour of the Far Best Theater. What is the commitment for someone who wants to go through the Mansfield, my Mansfield University? For the upcoming, it will be about 12 weeks um, of a commitment. 
there's a couple weeks where you'll have two classes, one on a Wednesday night, one on a Saturday, but it's, it's approximately 12 weeks. So it's a pretty, um, intensive class. But as you mentioned earlier, we have a lot of departments. And so we really want to make sure that the class participants have an opportunity to visit with as many staff as they can. And so to get through all of those departments, uh, it, it takes, a, it takes a minute and we want to make sure that we do them justice and have time for questions. When does enrollment start? And then when does the first class start? So applications will actually go live for class two on May 12th, this Wednesday. And their first class will actually be uh, just the end of August. So August 25th will be the first class for class two. So the application starts May 12th. May 12th. They'll have a little over a month, I think, but they'll have a good amount of time. Um, application, the application um, opening period will be for a good bit, so you don't have to do them immediately, but uh, we would encourage you to get your application in soon um, once they open just so that, you know, you can be done with it and, you know hang on until we are able to notify everybody. There will be a panel that will review them. We really want to make sure we get residents from all quadrants of the city. Um, and so we just want to make sure we have representation from across the city participating. And we are increasing the class number uh, this for this class too. And so we'll have a little bit more room um, for folks to participate. So hopefully that will help as well. Yeah. The one thing that I was really impressed with the first class was the, the the range in age. You had high schoolers up to retirees in in the class. We did, and so that that was one of the things we were looking at. We really um, wanted to make sure we had a mix of range and 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 you know folks from all across the city. So it would be fabulous if you live the west west of 287, if you would send in your application. <laughs> we only had about the east side, and so we would really, really love to have all quadrants represented. And if I recall, every class is only about three hours long. Yes. Right? So it's about two hours and 15 minutes. There are a couple classes. Um, the service Saturday is the only one that is is a little bit longer just because we generally include a, a small service project. And then the conclusion of the program is actually a pretty special night because it takes place in the city hall chambers. And describe what to, what takes place there. Sure. So um, the participants wrap up the class with a kind of graduation, if you will, uh, from the class, uh, in which there's a little bit of a reception uh, with city council. So class participants have an opportunity to visit with council, and then they are recognized at the actual council meeting uh, to receive their certificate of completion. Now, a course like this, so it, this is 12 weeks, and learning the ins and outs of the of the of the city you're getting to meet the department heads and i would assume if it was like the last time the city council members a course like this it's got to cost what like 8 and 8 900 dollars no, it's completely free for residents. For free. Uh, for free. It's for free. We bring out, you know, the, the toys, the gadgets, the meetings, the meals, everything that you participate. We just ask that you make the commitment to show up to the class. And this is a weekly class. It is a weekly class. This is a weekly commitment for 12 weeks. But make the commitment because it's, oh my gosh, it was so fun. And again, if someone was interested in my Mansfield University, is there a website or a phone number or a, a Facebook or a TikTok? <laughs> um, so it is, the application is available on our city website, mansfieldtexas.gov. And then it will also be shared on all of our social media channels. Bernie. Let's get back to Bernie. Uh-oh. You have chickens. How do you know I have chickens? Uh, because, you know, my research department told me that you have chickens. I do have chickens. How many chickens do you own? 16, 16 chickens. 16. 16, I think. Yeah, I think that's where we're at. And they're all hens? No, I no? have... Well, I have two baby roosters coming up. Oh, my gosh. And I just want to confirm, I do not live in the city limits, so I'm not... <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't going to ask that. I'm just throwing that out there in case anyone has questions about my roosters. No. Um, we, we live in the ETJ. What's your superpower? 
What is my superpower? Everybody has a superpower. What is Bernie McCraney's superpower? Oh, that's a tough one. This must be this lightning round. <laughs> no, nope, lightning round is next. Uh oh. What is my superpower? Hmm, probably grammar. Um, you know, the memes that people say, the, the mugs that say, I'm silently judging your grammar. Uh, that's, that's you. That's me. Nice. I proofread a lot. <laughs> As, as you mentioned, this may be the lightning round. It is time for the lightning round. The lightning round is where our listeners get a chance to better get to know Bernie McCraney. Uh-oh. It's a very <laughs> simple game of this or that. Oh, okay. Right. I can so do that. Is, yeah. So when I say this or that, you just choose Okay. this or that. And it starts off very simple. Night or day. Night. Fries or onion rings. Mm, fries. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Would you rather play a card game or a board game? I like both, but card game. Beer or wine? Wine. Netflix or movie theater? Netflix. Flying or driving? Driving. Apples or oranges? Oranges? <laughs> I don't really eat fruit, so... <laughs> it's not the right answer. You cannot dip oranges into peanut butter. <laughs> Have you ever asked anyone for an autograph? Yes, I have. And did you get it? I did. And it's the only reason I even remember it is because you asked me about New York. It was actually a couple of Broadway theater uh, performers. performers. What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, Half-baked Ben & Jerry's. One more time for my Mansfield University. Give out the web address and... Uh, Anything else that you want to add there at the end as a as a closing comment? Sure. So applications will open for the second class of my Mansfield University on Wednesday, May 12th. Uh, so make sure to go ahead and get your application in. You can apply through the mansfieldtexas.gov website or look for posts on our social media uh, on Wednesday, May 12th. So go sign up for my Mansfield University. I, I guarantee... It is an awesome class. As a graduate of the first class, Bernadette McCraney, I appreciate you being on, on About Mansfield and explaining and telling everyone ab about what uh, my Mansfield University is all about. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News, Talk, and Information. We will hear stories of days gone by when we talk in studio with Mansfield native Rick Wilson. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website site aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature Michael Evans. School Board Recap Courtney Wilson. Home Improvement feature Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.